I don't know if this is the Jodie Foster movie to introduce people to Jodie Foster movies. Um, probably not, I imagine. No, but, you know, like, I also a little bit understand why someone would try to shoot Ronald Reagan to impress her. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of... uh, The last thing I have in my notes, actually, is a lot of Jodie Foster tits in this movie. I'd shoot Reagan for her for sure, and I wouldn't fuck it up. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Um, This in no way constitutes a threat on any president, past or present, and is actually just a bit, thank you, FBI or CIA or whoever is listening. Also, I'm in Canada, so, like... Also, thanks thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah, actually, thank you for... uh, Could you listen through, like, Spotify or like a regular podcasting app instead of downloading it from the back end though it would really help our listener numbers and if you want to support us on patreon a little help from you goes a long way for us yeah thanks appreciate it fbi and and whoever you know those nerds rcmp so we should start the podcast huh oh yeah we should we'll just get we'll start we'll we'll start it halfway through okay so we'll get to like the half hour mark and then start the podcast yeah that's usually where we do the mid-roll though okay well and it's technically a pre-roll then and the only kind of pre-roll i'm interested is the kind i can buy from the weed store (laughs) okay so we'll start it now okay (laughs) um even though that would be a funny bit Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler. Ableism. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that. As per the title, we watched the movie Nell, starring Jodie Foster and Liam Neeson. Yes. Um, Liam Neeson plays a doctor, I think? I think he's a doctor, yeah. He's like a... Like Like a a small town country doctor. Yeah. Out in, like, the Blue Ridge Mountains, or whatever. Somewhere very Appalachian. I spent the first 20 minutes of this movie trying to figure out where it takes place. Yeah, so, um, I, I was looking at it, and I was like, hmm, there's a lot of pine trees. This might be the Pacific Northwest. But it, it wasn't dreary enough. And the then I got a good... Enough. Yes, that was the other thing. I got a good look at the mountains, and they were all tree-covered, and I was like, okay, this is the Appalachians. This is yeah. probably North Carolina. Well, okay, so there was a, uh, the... The, the cop car had, like, Graham County on it. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a couple of Graham counties on the East Coast. There's North Carolina. Arizona, I immediately ruled out. That's obviously not Arizona. 
Um, but it, it was between North Carolina or New York. Yeah, and it wasn't New York. It was far too Bible-y and stuff. Hey, there's parts of upstate New York that are like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, like, as far... Where in New York is Graham County? Gotta look know. this up now. Are you sure there's a Graham County in New York? That's what Google said. Maybe, you know what happened? <laughs> what? Did you misread NC as NY? Yep. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have a very um, <clears throat> strong, strong brain. It's good at, <laughs> good at reading. Real good at... Okay, so there are two... Graham counties. One is in Arizona, the other is in North Carolina. This one is firmly set in North Carolina, There's... unless they're shooting North Carolina for Arizona, which, like, <laughs> is very supernatural. That would, that so. would be a choice. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you get the picture that Liam Neeson is a very, I'd call it, like, a country doctor. Yeah, he's like, you know, go go to the person's house rather than, like, has an office or whatever. Yeah, still makes house calls in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and it, it, he goes, so he goes to this house and he finds a dead woman with flowers on her eyes. And at that point, if you're Liam Neeson, the character, um, let's call him Dr. Dave. Dr. Dave is a good name. So if you're Dr. Dave, and you go to this house, and you see a dead woman lying on the ground with flowers on her eyes, there's two things that gotta go through your mind at that moment. One is, get the fuck out, you're in a horror movie. (laughs) Especially in rural North Carolina. Yeah, um... But, like, he's not the first one that showed up. Like, the cops called him to to go there, right? Because they found... That's fair. Yeah, that that is that's true because the cop does show up while he's with another patient and like comes yeah. in and is like, "Hey, we got a dead body," right? Because there's the the delivery boy who finds the dead body first. Yeah, he r- rightly gets the fuck out of there because it could be a horror movie. Yes, which uh, actually reminds me of another movie that you may or may not have seen. Have you seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? No. Okay. I think you would absolutely adore that movie. The premise is that a bunch of college-age teens rent a cabin in the woods and along the way meet some very normal rednecks, like, very genuinely, like, normal people Uh who they immediately assume are murder hillbillies. (laughs) Okay. And the whole movie is ongoing misunderstanding thinking that these two regular guys who are just out for a vacation are trying to murder all of them. <laughs> okay. And the, and the college kids eventually, many of them do die in freak accidents. Oh no. It's very funny. Okay, it's, I'll have to check that out. It's definitely one of my top five horror comedies. I think it does what Cabin in the Woods wants to do, but a lot better okay. and a lot funnier. That's good. <clears throat> I This movie was a struggle watch for me. Yeah, you know, it it's certainly it certainly was a movie. 
Um, so the the basic premise, I think, is that they discover this young woman played by Jodie Foster, who, from what I was able to gather, they cannot understand. Yeah. Either she's... because she's got such a thick hillbilly accent or because she never learned English. Yeah. I'm assuming it's because she never learned English. Um, and through the movie, we come to see Liam Neeson and, or, that is to say, Dr. Dave and Do- his wife, Mrs. Dr. Dave. Is that his wife? They have a kid at the end. Like, they definitely get together in the course of the movie. I don't think they start off together. Okay. So, the future Mrs. Dr. Dave. Yes. Who herself is also a doctor, so I guess she would be doctors. Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave. (laughs) Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) There's gotta be an easier thing to call her. No, nope. so we're not getting Can't. into Doctor Mrs. the Monarch territory. Nope, it's it's Doctor Mrs. Doctor. Doc- <laughs> Doc- you did. <laughs> Doctor Mrs. Future Doctor Dave. Doc. Do- <laughs> I could do this. You, you've got one more shot before we rename her. <laughs> Doctor Future Mrs. Doctor Dave. Okay. <laughs> If you can get it consistently from here out, we won't rename her to, like, Dr. Judy or something. Okay. Alright. I'm committed. Okay. I believe in myself. I have Um, the power. So, so as far as I can figure things out, um, Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave is a doctor who specifically works with autistic children. Yeah, I assume she was, like, some sort of, like, psychiatrist or something. That's kind of what I gathered, too. Like, you know, particularly working with kids on the spectrum who have certain difficulties with, like, functions and stuff like that. that yeah. You know. She she got called but, in as, like, a, an expert person, yeah. I think. It, the thing that gets me about all of this, though, is that I'm pretty sure... It just... We, we, hazarding a guess here that Jodie Foster plays the girl Nell. Um, Nell is not a ward of the state. No. I think they're trying to make that happen, though, because there's, like, a court scene. Yeah, I think there's there's a third doctor. Doctor not related to Dr. Dave. Yeah. So doctor not related to Dr. Dave. They could be cousins. Uh, I feel inclined to point out that Doctor not related to Dr. Dave looks very Jewish and Liam Neeson does not. Okay, you make a good point. So they're not related at all. I don't think so. That's why he's named Doctor not related to Dr. Dave. Okay, yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. But watch yourself, counselor. Yes. Um so yeah, um I I'm pretty sure Doctor not related to Dr. Dave wants to treat her as a wild child and study her yes. in like yeah he wants a to... psychiatric facility yeah <laughs> and but dr dave and dr future mrs dr dave are like no she's kind of just a normal person with like you know regular autism and she just doesn't speak english yeah she speaks a made-up twin language yeah um... you know the kind of uh, you're familiar with made-up twin languages right I'm familiar with the concept. I've never known one. I did not take it's that like, in high school. 
neither did I. They didn't offer twin language in my high school, but uh, yeah, I, I know. Sort of ended up taking French. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's basically uh, the the gist of what I'm gathering is that Dr. Dave and Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave are very unethically studying her. Oh, it's um it's a little creepy for sure. Like they've got cameras set up and like at one point they force her to go outside by bribing her with smart food popcorn, which like I a little bit understand because I would back when I still ate dairy, I would do all sorts of insane things just to get some more smart food because that popcorn is good as fuck. I don't think I've ever had it. You've never had the like white cheddar popcorn? Um, no. I don't think I would like it. Cause everyone do you remember like Pirate's Booty or whatever the fuck that shit was? Yeah. Everyone loved it. I never quite cared for them. Oh, hated that stuff. But I also like I don't get it it's a very different texture and flavor profile from corn puffs. Are those things right, corn- it tastes like popcorn? Yeah. Pirate's booty are corn puffs versus okay. popcorn, which is like, you know, popcorn has popcorn texture, right? Yeah. So I think it's different enough, but like, you know, it's cheesy popcorn. I don't, I don't think I like cheesy popcorn. Okay. That's fair. So you would not go out of the house for cheesy popcorn? Absolutely not. They'd have to do like, I mean, they're in a forest. Just get some fucking berries. That would do it for me. Yeah, but they're in a forest, and we learned from the last episode oh, right, right. that if you're in a forest, you don't eat random berries. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, That's like forest rules number one. Yeah. Forest um, rules was my favorite MTV show. Yeah, I was. I, I really liked Real World versus Forest Rules Challenge because <laughs> I didn't quite get the appeal of real world or forest rules on their own but when you got a bunch of scumbags competing against each other in survivor style challenges i was all about it yeah that was that was that was peak tv i miss that i say that i didn't get real world or forest rules but i did also very much watch the surreal life which i think was just real world with celebrities i and like washed up celebrities I'm going to be real with you. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of any reality TV show. Not even, like, Guy's Grocery Games? Nope. M- you maybe, would enjoy like, Guy's a Grocery handful games. of minutes, like, on the TV at, like, a place where I'm in a waiting room or something. But mm-hmm. I've never sat down and watched it. I, I was briefly though... tempted to watch Milf Manor or whatever that fuck that one is. <laughs> Because it sounds like an absolute train wreck. It sounds like something that they would have pitched as a show on 30 Rock. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm reasonably certain that they did very specifically pitch Milf Island. (laughs) Or, like, Milf Hunter Uh, or something like that. God. It's very... (laughs) But um, from what I'm given to understand... um, Milf Manor was not good after, like, the first episode. That doesn't surprise me. I don't think the first episode was good, if I have to guess. No, it wasn't. That's why it fell off so much. But, yeah, you know, it's... it's. 
What were there's we movies out about? there? There's t- Why well, fucking I don't know. I was trying to transition back to the movie. Um. Oh, we were talking about eating berries in the forest. What would it, what would right. it take to lure us out of the cabin? Um. So right now for me, um, there's these plant-based cheese puffs that you can get at like Loblaws or No Frills or I guess probably also Shoppers. Anything that's Weston owned. There's these plant-based cheese puffs that are like I think actually better than Cheetos. Oh, okay. I mean, it wouldn't take much. Controversial. They're opinion. very good. I fucking hate Cheetos. That's I don't know. I think that's fair. I know lots of people love them, but how do you feel and about flaming hot hate Cheetos? The texture, hate the texture. Okay, uh, are we talking about um, the crunches or the puffs? Either. Okay. The I mean, yeah, no, I can't I can't do it. And also, the taste is very bad. I mean, I, you did also very much say that you did not like pirate's booty either. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not a big like what is it like powdered cheese or whatever. Yeah, I know I get that. Not it's, for me. <clears throat> it's a very particular flavor, and it's very processed. Yeah. And, like, sometimes I do think I would just be happier if I was eating popcorn and cubes of cheese. Oh, fuck, that does sound... Like, if you... Oh, my God, what if you, like, melted some cheese over some popcorn? I guess you could do, like, a cheese sauce and then um, dip popcorn into it. Oh, shit. Popcorn fondue. It's just when you get popcorn wet, it starts to shrink. That's true. But it does, you know, does melted... So you, you do have to... Is melted cheese wet? Yes, because a lot of what goes into cheese is just dairy. It's milk that you coagulate. Yeah, but I feel like it's like too viscous to get absorbed into popcorn. Mm, we, we can try, but... Okay, so let's say you take like a wheel of brie and you bake it. Uh-huh. I think you could dip popcorn in that without shrinkage. There is the hydrophobic fat layer, but... Okay, so we we have to take into account that butter is effectively made of the same thing that cheese is, right? It's all dairy solids that have been coagulated in some way and turned into a homogenous thing. Yeah, but liquid... And butter does shrink popcorn. But liquid butter is so much more viscous. It's like an actual liquid versus, like, whatever the fuck melted cheese is. A sludge. Okay, so are, we're differentiating the. At what? This is a good question. At what point does a liquid become a sludge? I think uh, ketchup and thicker is a sludge. Okay, so I was thinking that my personal, you you know how like when you're making a sauce, you do the back of the spoon test, where if you run your finger along the back of the spoon, and the sauce doesn't come back together, and you leave a trail through the sauce, uh-huh. it's thick enough. Yeah. I think that's maybe where it becomes a sludge. I think, um... Unless no. there's an intermediate step where it's an ooze. Yeah, I think there's... it's It goes liquid, ooze, and then sludge. And, and then from sludge to solid, or um, does it become oobleck I th- at I a think certain it point? Becomes, it goes a non-Newtonian sludge, fluid? Sludge putty putty and then solid yep 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 okay yeah there was that step in between and i think putty is the correct answer yeah putty or clay 
<clears throat> I mean, for me, it's got to be Putty just for the Power Rangers. Power reference. Rangers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, so we have solid, we have, sorry, we have liquid, we have ooze, sludge, putty, and then Goldar! <laughs> Goldar was the best part of Power Rangers. Uh, yeah. There's like some fucking wild, deep Power Rangers lore where Goldar at one point does become a ranger. What? Yes. How? Um, so, like, there's... Lord Zed creates the Dark Rangers. Okay. In the Boom Comics Power Rangers universe. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and they're designed... Basically, they're there to destroy the regular Power Rangers. I mean, they're the dark version of the Power Rangers. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, he... Basically, Zed tricks the rangers into recharging a chaos crystal, which he then uses to give ranger powers to, um, I believe, Goldar, Finster, Squat, Babu, and then a putty version of Rita. Huh. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of lore for Power Rangers. Apparently. Um, and their zord is called the Mega Terror Zord. I, I should oh also let you know that. Oh my god. That's so good. Right? Here. Here's a picture of the Mega Terror Zord. Oh my... Oh, fuck. That looks so goddamn rad. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. The Power Rangers comics are rad as fuck. Here's Goldar as the Yellow Ranger. Oh, my God. That's so fucking cool. I need this as a TV series. And here's Finster as the Pink Ranger. I believe this is after two years of Girl Month. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to make that joke. Uh, yeah, I, I I got there. <laughs> uh, uh, so before we uh, spend like two hours discussing Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So I forget where we were again. Uh, so they're doing their unethical study. Oh, uh, yeah, they yeah. lure her out with popcorn. Um, they get a news clipping at one point where they find out that um she may and she may be a child that was conceived by rape which is like shitty but i also think explains a lot about why she's afraid of men yes because i think her mother sort of instilled a don't trust men sort of feeling into her makes makes perfect sense yeah um so i think it's a uh we also find out like because she spoke twin language, she did have a twin sister. Yes. Who died. Uh, at one point, she does take Dr. Dave and Mrs. Future Dr. Dave. Sorry, what? Sorry. Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dr. Dave. Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave. <laughs> it's, you, it's a very confusing name. <laughs> it's not my fault they named the character that. No, you're right. It's in the credits. Um, it's in the credits. So, Dr. Future, Mrs. Dr. Dave, Nailed and it. Dr. Dave are led to his twin sister's dead body. Yeah. Which has decomposed to the point of being a skeleton. Yep. Um, so I think her sister died in, like, an accident. Basically, what I'm gathering is, uh, like, from all of this, is that the evidence points to not that Nell is autistic, but rather that Nell 
rather that Nell just has a lot of trauma. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like severe CPTSD. Which um, and has a lot of overlap. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like there, there's undoubtedly a lot of overlap. It's like one of the big four in terms of the symptoms of is it OCD, is it ADHD, is it autism, is it CPTSD, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's one of those things. Like you have to <clears throat> you have to get professional diagnosis. And as far as I'm aware, these people are very unprofessional, so I would not trust Dr. Dave or Dr. Future Mrs. Dr. Dave with any diagnosis. Neither would I. No. They they do a lot of weird shit and it's not good. They put cameras in the house to spy on her. It's like Yeah. There's there's like watch her like, sleep that what like Dr. Dave at one point is like hiding in the woods with binoculars watching her. Right, and she's got an axe at that point cuz she's splitting wood. Yeah. And like I don't know about you, but if I see a girl who I can't communicate with chopping wood with an axe i'm not gonna like sneak up on her because yeah that's again i'm aware of horror movie tropes (laughs) it does seem like a bad idea yeah like maybe don't do that for for like a lot of reasons be be normal yeah please dr dave be normal that's my biggest note here for um just sort of whoever wrote this he just kind of does his own thing yeah like, I, I, where was the medical ethics board on any of this? Nowhere. I mean, it is, like, North Carolina, so who knows? They still have a medical ethics board. Like, lest we forget, they have, um, like, Duke, Wake Forest. There's a lot of very good universities in North Carolina that True. would reasonably have medical ethics boards. And Maybe not this far out in, like, western North Carolina, but still, you gotta get it together. Yeah, you know, maybe that's like what tighten it up a bit. Maybe that's what the court scene was. I think the court scene was um, doctor not related to Doctor Dave trying to get her involuntarily committed. Okay, yeah, and like have her become a ward of the state. That tracks. Rather than allowing her independence, and I think like that whole scene is Liam Neeson, sorry, Doctor Dave, um, translating for her. From what she says in Nell language to English. Because well, most of the movie is him learning Nell. She's not present for the first court hearing. I might have zoned out at that point. <laughs> there's there's two court hearings. There's one, like, right at the beginning. Uh, I think. Maybe I'm remembering it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where Dr. Dave hires a lawyer to prevent her from being, like, institutionalized by court order. Yeah. And... That's when they show up with the cameras and the houseboat and stuff like that. How they got the houseboat there, I don't know. Great question. I was wondering It was the just same. suddenly, very randomly, a houseboat was in the lake. Yeah. And it wasn't always there. They, they, they went back and forth. Yeah. It, it's a weird I one. I don't know. It was a weird one. Logistically questionable. Just more notes. At one point, a reporter shows up and takes some pictures and that frightens Nell, which is, you know, reasonable because this guy's taking creep shots of her. Yep. And it just... Dr. Dave, like, chases him off. Yeah. There's there's a lot of weird ethics in this movie that I think maybe 
wouldn't fly. I hope wouldn't fly if we were making a movie about a character such as this today. I mean, you you but would I'm hope. Also not I don't that have. Hopeful. Yeah, I don't have that much faith. I don't have a lot of faith. Um, there'd probably be less tits. I will say that. Probably. We are. We do tend to be a little bit, a little more prudish. So yeah, it, it's basically the movie ends with this triumphant scene of her defending herself in court being translated by dr dave yeah and then it cuts like years in the future and dr dave and current dr mrs dr dave sorry dr current mrs dr dave (laughs) yeah dr current mrs dr dave and dr dave have a kid who hangs out with nell when they go to nell's birthday party yep um and it's like it's like a replacement for the the sister that she lost it's heartwarming yeah it's like she gets to but you know she also has a very different relationship with this kid because the kid is very the kid is very obviously not her sister and there's like you know there's a little bit more of a um like less of a filial relationship and more of like a cool aunt relationship yeah <clears throat> we skipped so much of this eh, that's because most of the movie is skippable yeah that's true there's like a lot of the same shtick of dr dave doing his dr dave thing yeah um at one point they convince dr dave to go skinny dipping in the lake with nell yeah that was weird and yeah so you know we're fine with showing Jodie Foster's tits and pubes, but God forbid we get to see Liam Neeson's dick. No, can't have that. If movies Illegal. were less cowardly, we would show equal amounts of dick and balls. Yes, to boobs and bush. It's not even like I like especially want to see Liam Neeson's junk. No, it's about equity. Yeah, it's about equality. You know. So, <laughs> yeah, this was. This was a movie we watched. It certainly was. In many ways, it um, was a movie we watched. No, I, I will qualify that the amount of knowledge I came into this movie with was mostly informed by the fact that they did make fun of this movie a lot on Comedy Bang Bang back when I listened to Comedy Bang Bang. Okay. So I knew some of it, and I like I knew a little bit that she spoke a weird Nell language that wasn't comprehensible to normal English speakers. Okay. Um, so she's got some, like, it's a lot of Jodie Foster just saying nonsense words uh, with a slight Western North Carolina drawl. Okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't hear it at all. Yeah, no, cause there's no way to pick up on that other than knowing that she says, weird stuff from having listened to people make fun of it on Comedy Bang Bang like eight years ago. Fair. Hello listeners, it's Kat with this week's mid-roll announcements. I'm very proud to announce that the series finale of The Same Coin is now available on the Chicks with Dice feed. We put a bow on the story of the crew of the Orum, and I'm very proud of the cast for all their hard work to bring this story to a satisfying conclusion. Especially given some of the hardships we faced 
over the last couple of years with having the rug pulled out from under us on the game that we were playing and the way that we make money to do it. After this, we'll be taking a short break from serialized episodes to bring you some fun one-shot adventures as we wrap up three years of podcasting. In the meantime, you can catch up on the cruise adventures before we dive into Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse in a little while. I've put a lot of time into the edit for this episode, including some ADR and some deep digging into freesound.org to make the environment feel rich and lived in. Please consider listening to the episode if you're able. If you'd like to interact with Kira and me on social media, you can follow me on Tumblr at zaftycat.tumblr.com or Kira on her Tumblr, sapphire-mess.tumblr.com. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or the magically animate corpse of Daniel Radcliffe. You could also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout out on the show. Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make the show because we love it, not because of the money, but a little support from you goes a really long way for us. Please do consider that support. No integer dollar amount is too small. That's all for the mid-roll. I'll let past me and Kira get back to joining the war on autism on the side of autism. Cue the VCR sound. Um, so, would you like to hear the synopsis? Yes, please. Please give it to me. Okay, that's what she said. (laughs) Nell is a 1994 American drama film directed by Michael Apted from a screenplay written by William Nicholson. The film stars Jodie Foster, who also produced, as Nell Kelty, a young woman who has to face other people for the first time after being raised by her mother in an isolated cabin. When Violet Kelty, who had an undiagnosed stroke, dies in her isolated cabin in North Carolina... Dr. Jerome Jerry Lovell, Dr. Dave, the town doctor, finds a terrified young woman hiding in the house rafters. She speaks angrily and rapidly, but seems to have a language of her own. Looking at Violet's Bible, Jerry finds a note asking whoever finds it to, t- to look after Violet's daughter, Nell. Sheriff Todd Peterson shows Jerry a news clipping that Nell was conceived through rape. Jerry seeks, to he- Jerry seeks the help of Dr. Paula Olson, a researcher working with autistic children. Paulo and her colleague, Dr. Alexander Al Pally, are interested in studying a, quote, wild child. Oof. And Al continues calling Nell this, even after studying films showing that Nell does not fit the wild child profile. Paula and Al get a court order to institutionalize Nell for further study. Jerry hires a lawyer, Don Fontana, and prevents it. I don't know why the lawyer's name is important there. I mean, maybe it comes up later. It doesn't. Okay. The judge gives Jerry and Paula three months to interact with Nell and discover her needs. Paula shows up on a houseboat with electronic equipment to moder- monitor Nell's behavior while Jelly Jelly while Jerry chooses to stay behind in a tent by Nell's cabin and quietly observe. Paula discovers that Nell's seemingly indecipherable language is English based partly on her mother's aphasic speech after a stroke and partly on the secret language she shared with her decades deceased identical twin sister. Jerry and Paula begin a grudging friendship. Nell sleeps during the day and works inside her home and is active only is and is active outdoors only after sunset. She explains to Jerry that her mother told her about the rape and warned her that men were evildoers. 
as Nell comes to trust Jerry, she sees him as a friend, and the, um, I apologize for this word, Ga Inja, her mother promised would come. Jerry later realizes that this is Nell's phrase for guardian angel. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. To neutralize her fear of evildoers and getting raped, Paula has Jerry swim in the lake with Nell, and she feels his body, hugs him, and has fun with him. Using popcorn as an incentive, Jerry is able to lead Nell outside and into the sun. Nell leads Jerry and Paula to the decades-decayed remains of her identical twin sister, May, who died in a fall when the two were playing in the woods. Mike Ibarra, a reporter, learns of Nell's existence and visits her cabin. Nell is curious of the visitor at first, but when he snaps a photo, the flash frightens Nell. Jerry arrives and throws the reporter out. He realizes the reporter is not with the press and apologizes for overreacting, but asks him to forget he ever met her. Paula believes that Nell would be safer in a hospital, while Jerry feels that Nell should be left alone and allowed to live as she pleases. An argument ensues between the two, with Paula accusing Jerry of using Nell for his own pleasure, but Nell manages to calm them down after hearing their conversation. The two decide that Nell should be shown a little of the world, and they make their decision to bring Nell into town. While in town, Nell befriends Mary, Todd's depressed wife. Todd is the cop. I thought that was his daughter. No, I'm pretty sure it's his wife. I thought they were doing Um, a thing where, like, the cop has an autistic daughter so he can relate or something. No, she's just depressed. God, mood. And his wife. (laughs) I mean, you never want to be the wife of a cop. The two go hand in hand. Yeah, it makes makes sense. You should never marry a cop. (laughs) But also encounter some raunchy boys in a pool hall until Jerry gets her out of showing her body in front of everyone at their request. Jerry and Paula give Nell a book about love, romance, and intimacy to help her learn about making love, which she shows to understand by having Jerry and Paula touch each other's faces and strengthening their bond. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So she does with a little now kiss. Intrusion- mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, with increased intrusion by the press, Jerry and Paula take Nell to a hospital for her protection. There, Nell becomes extremely despondent and unresponsive after seeing visions of May. Jerry removes her from the hospital and hides her in a hotel. Paula joins him, and the two admit they love each other. At a court hearing the next day, Al, who wants to study Nell in a controlled environment, delivers his opinion that Nell has... This is the Wikipedia article, not me. Asperger syndrome. And belongs in an institution. Now, let's pause for a moment from this recap. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought the whole point of the Nazis inventing Asperger syndrome was specifically to classify the autistic people who could function in society. Yeah, that... <laughs> I mm. Like, that was the point of it. Yeah. That's the whole thing about, like, high-functioning and all that other bullshit that gets thrown at autistic people as labels. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, that that's... It's wild that they would go that direction. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a weird choice, but like it was also 1994, so I assume people just didn't know what that meant. Yeah, it was a it was a different time, I guess. God, I hate you know, I hate saying that about the 90s. Yeah, especially for things I was alive for. Yeah, but it was a different time. I mean, like just yeah, like it was a 2003 was a different time. You know, like... True. It... I mean, not that different, actually, just based on the rhetoric we're hearing from the right at the moment, but, you (sighs) know. 
2003, it was still in many places illegal to be gay. Like it was a felony offense to be gay. Yeah, in Texas until 2003. So, you know, 20 years ago was a different time. That's true. Let's think of, like it, so if it was like 1985 or something like that right now. 1965 was a very different time from 1985. That's yeah, that that makes sense. So, we're just old. <sighs> I hate that. Yep. Yep. I really hate that. Okay, so resuming resuming this recap, Nell then comes forward with Jerry interpreting and speaks for herself to ensure that there's no need to worry and fear for her, as she has no greater sorrows than everyone else. Five years later, Jerry and Paula bring their daughter Ruthie to visit Nell in her house on her birthday, and friends surround her. It's That was actually like one of the things we kind of skipped over she does just have regular friends yeah like nell has real human friends you know not like not like corn husk dolls in a creepy way she's like a normal person at this point just a little bit weirder yeah and honestly i'm like i respect that i yeah i'm like a normal person but a little bit weirder yeah um nell treats ruthie like a little sister and takes her to the lake Although this reminds her of May. End of synopsis. That's a that's certainly a place you could end that. Yeah, it's an extremely, extremely abrupt ending to that recap. Speaking of recap, that sound was just me recapping my water bottle. <laughs> uh, language. Um, so uh let's see. Um budget twenty four point five million. Damn. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that was the helicopter. I mean, probably not a small amount. Um, it debuted earning $5.7 million and eventually grossed $33.6 million domestically and $73 million internationally, which does make it a successful movie. But, like, also... They're not going to make a sequel. That domestic gross sucks. Um, Nell received mixed reviews from critics who praised the cast but criticized the screenplay. Foster received widespread praise for her performance. That's, um, that's including I, I... being described as far greater than the film itself, and her performance helps camouflage the weakness of its structure and the naivete of its themes, which, you know, is pretty brutal as a review goes. Yeah. Um, let's see what Roger Ebert... Roger Ebert liked the movie, commenting that despite its predictable philosophy, Nell is an effective film and a moving one. He singled out the performances of Foster and Neeson. The film holds a score of 57% on Rotten Tomatoes from 35 reviews as of 2022. Huh. That's yeah. not... Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Um, uh, now, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress... Which is fair. Yeah, I'll allow it. Um, it won a SAG award for outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Uh, and it was nominated for um, three... No, this looks like five Golden Globes. Oh. Best Original Score. Um, best Motion Picture-Drama, for which Jodie Foster, Renee Meisel, and Graham Place were all nominated. And Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for Jodie Foster. Basically, most of the awards were Jodie Foster. 
And, and then also a nomination for the score. What score? Um, so like, was it like it, it was like thirty-two yeah, no, to thirty-three it, so, or something like that? No, it was actually just that um, Mark Isham specifically did a bunch of different covers of four thirty-three. Okay. And that was how he scored the movie, which is coincidentally how every movie on Unsound Theories is scored. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Okay. Do you have some reviews for us to... I do have some reviews. Um, we're going to start off with uh, a classic standard uh, Unsound Theories. Uh, gotta have one in every episode. Oh, um, <clears throat> one star from Dorman. It says, a perfect movie for pushing psychology and ignoring God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, keep going. That's the whole review. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good God. Yup, that's a review. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenny gives it three stars and titles the review. It was okay. And says... It's a pretty good movie. Kept me interested throughout the whole thing. Movie was mediocre. Yeah, that's. I think that's the consensus from critics. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. Movie was mediocre. I mean, that's, again, the consensus from critics. Yeah. It can be a pretty good movie and still be mediocre. Fair. Um, <clears throat> Amazon customer gives it four stars and says, I've seen it three times and that will be enough. <laughs> Three watch throughs <laughs> before you decided you had enough of you had enough of Jodie yeah. Foster saying "chicka bay, Miss May." Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, three. I mean, sometimes it takes three watches. Sure. Um, <laughs> Kathy Conley gives it four stars and says everything was fine, and I'm enjoying reading my book. Could, I mean, I wish they'd specify. I'm also enjoying reading the book that I'm currently reading. What are you reading? Uh, um, okay, so I'm really bad at remembering the actual titles of each of the books, okay. but I'm reading the most recent book in the Murderbot Diaries series. Oh, okay, okay. And I very, very highly recommend that series. It's probably one of the most... I, I would consider it to be one of the most delightful sci-fi stories I've read in a very long time. Okay. And so far good, as the main character, Murderbot, is just the most autistic character ever. Love that for me. Oh, you you would love Murderbot. It is it is basically my favorite character <laughs> out there right now. Um, first of all, it uses it its pronouns because it wants nothing to do with being a human yeah. or anything related to humanity. It has a very complicated relationship with the fact that it is a bioorganic construct and really hates the human parts of it. Fair. Um, it, some days, but it some also, days are like, like that, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it all, so it, it's, a, it's a story about a, a security robot that hacked its own governor module and uses its free time without the governor module to watch soap operas. <laughs> Uh, so like it does its job still even though it hacked its governor module it just watches soap operas in its free time i mean what else are you gonna do really yeah you know it doesn't mind the job it just also 
likes to watch soaps. <laughs> you gotta have a hobby. Do you want another review? Yeah. Yes, please. Linda Rose Romano gives it four stars and says, Sad nut, good movie. <laughs> Sorry, hit me with that again? Sad nut, good movie. I mean, look, 14-year-old boys will jerk off to anything, <laughs> and this movie does have tits in it. True. <laughs> so, sad nut, good movie. Sad, sad, sad nut, good movie. Uh <clears throat> Jay Calicrate says, uh, gives it four stars and uh, titles the review, Nell Movie. Very good. It says, very interesting movie. I have encountered folks with similar circumstances in my life travels. I know the movie is based on the play by Mark Handley, Idioglossia. I would like to hear how Mr. Handley came up with this story, but I have no idea how to contact him. I can tell you so, how the story was come up with, because so, it's on fucking Wikipedia. So, um, listeners, if you know how to contact Mark Handley, um, let us know so we can help this person out. I, they did review this in 2012, so... Um, so, yeah, here's the thing. Um, according to Wikipedia, he is currently a professor teaching a screenwriting course in Seattle. It should not be that hard to contact him. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Find his .edu email. It's probably, like, mhandley at college.edu. <laughs> it, it really shouldn't be that difficult to find this guy. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. And yet. Um, I mean, you're writing a review on Amazon. You probably don't know how to contact, uh, find someone on the internet or anything based on some of the other reviews we've seen. Here's another one. Kindle customer gives this five stars and titles the review Head for the Hills. And it reads, Jodie Foster plays an incredible role. It must have been difficult to learn the dialogue, but she nailed it. The movie has a scene with some nudity in it, but it was very tasteful. The movie is several years old, so the actors look a lot younger than what you see today. That makes it all the more fun. It's time for our favorite game, Cat. What year was this movie review written in? Yes. Okay, so can I have that full thing again? <clears throat> Jodie Foster plays an incredible role. It must have been difficult to learn the dialogue, but she nailed it. The movie has a scene with some nudity in it, but it is very tasteful. The movie is several years old, so the actors look a lot younger than what you see today. That makes it all the more fun. I'm going to say this review was written in 2021. Oh, damn. 2016. Oh, which <clears throat> see, I was, I, my 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 heart said like 2018 felt right. Yeah. And I was like, but I've always underestimated. So I'm going to bump it up a couple <laughs> years and see. It's, it's I mean, you were off by several years. And yeah, I was off. That's OK. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, last one. Um, Foxy gives us five stars and titles the review. Very entertaining. And it says, Love this movie, but still wish the stars would have gotten married. Okay, so does this person know how acting works? I mean, maybe, but like, or that did the the lady was is Liam Neeson's wife, according to reviews. Okay, they did. So that they did, they straight up did get. Okay, you okay? So it's a bit. It has to be. Like, you don't put that unless it's a bit... Okay, that makes Hopefully. sense. Hopefully. I hope it is. Um, Otherwise... Or maybe maybe they're hoping that Liam Neeson and Jodie Foster got married in the movie. 
<sighs> Jodie Foster, noted lesbian. Yeah, but like the characters. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be great. That wouldn't be great. Complicated. Yeah, wouldn't be great for the story. Um, but I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Certainly not me. It's a very who's to say is a very Johnny O'Mara thing to put in the thing. <laughs> like, who's to say? <laughs> we we have no way of knowing. No possible way. It's impossible. Can't be done. So, um, yeah. That was that was a no. movie. Um, it was an experience for sure. Okay. Um, I guess we end the show now. Yeah. Huh? Thanks for listening. Um, I was gonna do a bit where I said we sure didn't, but like made up a Nell speech for it. Um, but then I realized that that was probably problematic, so we're not doing that. Yeah, okay. We sure didn't. <laughs> Bye. 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 See y'all. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at ZaftiCat. Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T and at Sapphire underscore mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash sosismedia. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard. It's like memory foam, but come. I, hmm. I, I'm now trying to think of utility for memory foam cum. Um. First of all, first of all, Cumperpedic. Ha 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 ha!